Welcome to the Series Pod Podcast. I'm V and I'm Andrew. Get your favorite beverage ready and join our book club. Welcome back, everybody. Pod Series Podcast time, and we're doing In Death by JD Rob. And V has a fun fact for you all. I do. Welcome back to our podcast. It's so lovely to see you here. We've missed you all week. We have. And I'm coming to you with a fun, fun fact of the day about reading. Apparently, if you read 20 minutes a day, it will turn out that you'll read on average around 1,800,000 words per year. That's a lot. So you know those shitty relatives that do Christmas cards and then they put what they achieved that year and make you feel terrible about themselves? Now you can make them feel terrible by putting that fact <laughs> that you've read a lot of... <laughs> I read 1 million and whatever words a year. Yes, that you've read 2 million words this year no that's cool yeah 20 minutes a day 20 minutes a day though i have a reading goal and it is pathetic i don't know how to check it but it is bad like i flip one page and it's like you've done your reading goal of the day i'm like it was one page i don't even know how you check it but whatever oh congrats you've read two days in a row (laughs) congratulations thanks We're all very proud of you. I know, we should be. (laughs) Today we're starting our episode with chapter four. In our last episode, we got to Eve and Warwick setting up a sort of a date-ish. Well, it's not a date in the sense of... It, It wasn't a date to her. I think to him, it was like, he's being weird. That's all I could like, yeah. He's being weird. He really likes her and he set up this meeting Mm -hmm. where she would come in, visit him at his house and see his gun collection. And we start this chapter by her sitting in her office, uh, logging all of the information into her computer. Now, what I found quite cool is that the computer can produce a percentage of how compatible all the... The theories kind of like fit together. Yeah, so you put in all of your facts yeah and then the computer generates the percentage of how possible it is for that person to be a killer eve proceeds with logging in everything she knows about work and that in her mind he's the main suspect that he's intelligent confident Mm -hmm. and self-indulgent the only thing that she can't pinpoint in her mind as of yet is the motive so she, she she doesn't have a set motive for why he would do that yeah but the computer generates when she adds the self-indulgent as a motive the computer generates that work has 82.6 percent probability of killing her because i was just reading again so he has means that was the theoretical motive an opportunity because he owned the building that she slept in the means you know he has a whole gun collection and then motive you know, she's just testing theories kind of thing. Yeah. She's going through what she thinks. I mean, from the outside, if you look at Rourke, he definitely seems self-indulgent. With that much money and power, could literally do anything you like, including murder. I think that as of yet, just self-indulgence doesn't quite fit into... Because they only met one. So there's quite a bit of unknown. Yeah. I suppose she has to test out different theories as well. Yeah. Although she didn't, she just kind of ran with that. <laughs> You'd hope. E- well, yeah. I think Eve, in, in later books, I think we will, um, anyone in this book will discover that Eve is quite, she trusts her sort of gut feeling. Mm. So she goes along with whatever it may be that she feels like and thinks, and then that leads her into figuring the crimes out. Now, when you um, originally recommended me the series, you said that you read a couple of books in the series, and that one character really reminded you of the two of us. Yeah. Now, 
I think it's Mavis. You guessed it. Yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> Mavis, right. She. <laughs> there's no other way to describe her. She's basically the embodiment of us two. Yes. So we meet Mavis when she gets home, when Eve gets home. Uh, Mavis comes into her apartment. Mavis is a, a very outgoing person. That's one way to say that, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> They've met, even uh, Mavis met eight years ago when Eve busted Mavis for petty theft. And now she's one of her closest friends. I don't know if that says much about Eve's morals though. Like she seems so unwavering, but then how can she be friends with a criminal? I don't know. I think also, well, it was petty theft. And also Mavis... Is petty theft all right? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying on the spectrum, of, on Eve's spectrum of what a person can do, mm. I think petty theft is... It's um, not acceptable, but it's not like murder. Yeah, I think in her sort of... I think in her job, petty theft doesn't seem as important or bad yeah i suppose she is a homicide detective isn't she yeah she is avis comes in all decked out looking pretty yeah i mean she's got like emerald tipped fingers like her nails are beautiful you know she's got obviously a very nice outfit on she was ready to go out she was ready to go clubbing and eve was not <laughs> yeah eve did not and it turns out that eve forgot about their plans which was dinner dancing and debauchery fun <laughs> <laughs> which i just Oh, I love Mavis. <laughs> yeah, Mavis is the one. And Mavis gets better as you go on as well. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And we'll get into that when um, Eve visits Mavis at Mavis's work. I have a question. Okay, okay. Which will also continue throughout the books. The coat that Eve was wearing at the funeral was actually Mavis. She borrowed it. And then Mavis points out that Eve lost her button on the suit. We don't know where the button gone. So she, so she, no, the button's gone missing, and Eve didn't even notice that the button was gone. She knew that it was loose, but she's lost it. Oh, poor button. Very reckless, very careless. <laughs> I mean, it can happen to anyone. Can it though? Really? You're not going to notice the whole day? <laughs> well... Bruh, I'm cold, let me button it up. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, okay. <laughs> so Eve is not feeling it. I mean, she she really did try and sort of get in the mood and she's like, okay, Mavis, I'm gonna go change, just give me a few moments. But Mavis being the, just the best friend that she is, she can read a room. That's what I like about Mavis. Mavis really knows how to read a room. And being a good friend, she was like, no, it's okay. We're going to stay in. We're going to order Chinese. That is a good friend. Yes. And we're just going to have a fun time eating Chinese. Yeah. And just hanging out, just having like a normal friend. Yeah, just a normal one. So they order Chinese and then a delivery boy turns up and Mavis plays with him. Or Mavis. I don't really know how do you pronounce her name. Is it Mavis or Mavis? Well, I say Mavis. I'll probably switch between the two. <laughs> pre-warning listeners um so yeah she kind of just plays with him she flirts with him a lot and eve has to remind her to leave the kid alone because he looks terrified stunned by her beauty but terrified shame poor kid and that's when she gets the gift and it is exactly what we would hope and pray to get which is a nice box of coffee who doesn't like coffee and it's real coffee and mavis was obviously like disgusted she thought who in like with that much wealth is just gonna send coffee and obviously to eve it's like a godsend it's beauty it is worth more than any other gift 
Absolutely. And I like how when Mavis finds out that it's from Rourke, she starts asking so many questions. Yeah, she wants to know. Eve <laughs> brilliantly says with a straight face that she... Yes, Mavis, I have. I had a secret relationship, bore him a son who is being raised by monks on the dark <laughs> side of the moon. And Mavis bought it until Eve had to remind her to get a grip. <laughs> <laughs> and that it was for the case. Yeah. It was the straight face that she said it with. And you can just imagine sitting there like, yes, I've had a son and then he's being raised by monks. And Mavis just lapped it up. <laughs> Like, it was the real thing. She wanted to believe that so badly. But I think Mavis tried to get with Rourke, but she couldn't, if I remember correctly. Really? Hmm. She, yeah. I think she, like, fancies the hell out of him. I mean, Mavis fancies the hell out of many people. I mean, before before they got the package, um, Eve even asked Mavis about how it was seeing the dentist. And Mavis was like, oh, no, I had to break up with him. And Eve asked why... And she said, he wanted to get married. <laughs> to which Eve also responded, the bastard! <laughs> <laughs> no marriage for Mavis. Plenty of men for Mavis. Go her. I applaud that. <laughs> we applaud that. So following that... So I think the next Miss is back in her office. Finney meets her in her office saying that Rockman's alibi checks out. That he was in Washington late working with a senator. And then he also said that he can't hack into Rourke's security. <laughs> so now we know that Rourke is very good with security and technology. Yeah. Because even our top guy can't hack it. Yeah. We know that there's... He's got impenetrable security. And that's not to say anything on Feeney's um, skills. Like, he's basically a god of security. So if he can't get into Rourke, like... Oh yeah, no, if you need something hacked or something to do with technology, you go to Feeney and he does it. Yeah, so when he say he can't, it's like, it's a big thing. He can't do it? Okay, why? Then, um, I don't know why. I haven't known that Rourke owns Eve Apartment Complex, but I think we already know that. I think once she got the gift, she did look it up. Because she was like, how does he know where I live? But that's creepy, like, that's weird. Like, so many things he does, like, points... He's not the killer, and then he does other shit, and you're like, he is the killer. He must be the killer. And then we have a new victim. A call came in with a new victim. Yes, it did. But did you read the, like, working, like, the story up to that? It was... Yeah, so we leave Eve with her getting the call about the new victim. And then we, we transfer ourselves back to the actual victim. So what happened before she got killed. Now our victim is Lola Starr, who is 18, just turned 18. She wanted to be a licensed companion for for like ever. So as soon as she turned 18 and got legal, she got her license. That bit was a bit weird though, don't you think? Like she's always known she wanted to be a licensed companion. Since what age? Because at eight, I wanted to be a like a fireman. From eight, she wanted to be a licensed companion, yeah? Well, I don't think she wanted to be a licensed companion from the age of eight. But I do accept the fact that there are those kinds of personalities. <laughs> I'm trying to be very politically correct here. Um, that was a nice way of saying that. <laughs> there are people like that who, I don't know, from an early age, what I would assume early age, 
want to be. There are people like that who do like they know they a companion, an escort, a、mm. a sugar baby. I mean, you can make good money from it. To be fair, a sugar baby, yeah.、Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you make good money with it. But there are those people who that that's what they want. And that was Lola Star. She she thought that was a way to go. I mean, she was clearly very beautiful, and she knew that with that she could make money.、So、yeah, she well, she describes herself as a sexy elf.、Mm-hmm. She did, and she was saving up to get all these different features, like green emerald eyes.、Um, she, I think, she had pointy ears as well, kind of. Yeah, she had. She made her ears a bit pointy, so she did look like an elf. So she did have. This sort of um, I don't know why I'm thinking of a hobbit. Hobbits don't have. Oh no, hobbits have elves in it. The hobbit, they have elves. That was a weird transition. <laughs> yeah, but even though she was going for um an elf look, her she noticed that paedophilia was, like, strongly becoming her specialty. Did you read that? Yeah, because of how how young she was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because of how young she she was and how young she looked. But then wasn't Sharon de Blas also quite young? I remember her being not. She wasn't like old, but she was like. She wasn't old, but she was. She wasn't eighteen anymore. So I think she was also in her early thirties, probably. So I don't think she is very. Well, yeah, she's just mid twenties, late twenties, sort of. But yeah, Lola was very.、Um, Ambitious, so she really dreamed about this luxurious life that she would get through this profession. Yeah, she started off small, work her way up to living in a mansion, going to the best hotels. Yes. So at the moment, she was、uh, living in a a dump. That's the easiest way to describe it. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, it's a dump. So there is not like Sharon de Blas, where she had security. Uh, soundproof walls, nothing like that. Yeah, but Sharon de Blas came from money, whereas Lola didn't.、Mm, yeah, Lola is starting from the bottom and dreaming of luxury, and she books a new client who is scheduled for the evening. She doesn't know anything about him apart from that he asked her to call him daddy. And then she also points out that she didn't mind because she imagined he was the right age to be her dad. So that's something else we know about him. But how old would her dad be? If you had to ballpark it, what are you thinking? Like she's eighteen, so what, forty, forty-five to like fifty-five, sixty? Yeah, I think anything from forty and to maybe fifty-five、mm. would be sort of your average, I think, when you're eighteen. Yeah. And how old is Rourke? Rourke. Does, do we know? I don't think we know, but I would assume he's、uh, about the same age as Eve. Yeah. Maybe a bit older. Hmm. Still fits into the suspect profile.、Uh, you still not convinced? I don't know. I mean, I would think it would be someone, maybe a bit older. What makes you think that it's going to be someone that's older, like older than that? I think it's the way that Lola describes her nonchalant sort of feelings about calling him dad. The way she described it, she imagines that he would be the right age for a father. Was made me think that this person is in his late forties.、Mm, Significant, like old. Yeah. Okay. So he's he's an older guy. Okay. Fair enough. Fair so enough. So when I was reading from Lola's perspective of what was happening and when the killer came in, I sort of got the idea that he might be in his late forties. But that's just you know, it's very subjective, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So he ends up toying around with her, making he. I think he actually、um, 
So he does sleep with her. Yeah, so he basically, he, he wants to use her mouth, but because of the... This is the other thing I didn't understand. The birth control that she's on only affects her with intercourse, not oral sex. But you can't get pregnant from oral sex, so what? why would that matter? I think what that entails is that the previous <clears throat> chapter that we had when there was no sperm, no killer. So I think... He, what they're trying to say is that if they have oral sex, they're, they're, he will leave evidence. And that if he just have sex with her, then her birth control will deteriorate any evidence. Yeah. I think that's... Yeah. But I mean, he also uses that other method. <laughs> he uses his own version of birth control. So yeah, they sleep together. Then he makes her get on the bed, turn over, and then he takes out a gun with a silencer. Yes, because she doesn't have any soundproofing in her building. And she didn't know what it was. And before she could react, he shoots her in the head. Then I assume he gets up because he shoots her in the chest and then between the legs again. But if you're going to shoot someone in the leg, in the chest, if she's already fallen onto the bed, she has to be dead, right? So I would assume he got up. I have no idea. Honestly, I'm not too much into the logistics. Because this, this bugged me because there's a recording and like later on we find out there's a recording, but he's not in it from what I remember. But I assume that he got up and then told her to get on the bed and then he shot her three times while already being off the bed. Oh, like already standing up kind of thing. Yeah. And then he just went pow, pow, pow. Ah, okay, right. I don't know why I imagined him sitting at the end of the bed. Never mind. Well, then he finishes off with saying it was no life for a young girl. So he, he does see her as a child, but he still slept with her. This man is deranged. That that points away from Rourke in my mind. Yeah, I think so too. Because he's definitely looking at Eve like, I want to date you. And there's, the, yeah, the two people don't add up. Um. Yes, so that, that concludes chapter four. Yes, we'll move on to chapter five. Which, so far, is my favourite chapter. Why? Well, uh, I just felt Eve's mood so much in this one. <laughs> yeah. Just sometimes, you just want a candy bar. <laughs> you really do, yeah. Sometimes you just, you just want it. Like, it doesn't matter what you've eaten that day. It doesn't matter on anything else. You're just going to get that candy bar. I really felt Eve's mood. You know, sometimes you're having a rough day, you're tired, and all you want is a candy bar, or, you know, all you want is a coffee. Just something, just that one specific thing that you just really want, and that was this chapter. It's that one thing that, like, cheers your day up. You, you can completely relate. Like, you've had a long day at like uni or work and you just want that one treat that's going to cheer you up just that one thing and the whole day is going just not your way and you're thinking well there's just what this one constant that is always right that is always there i'm gonna go and get it which is what eve wants to do she's tired she wants that quick sugar rush before getting to face rourke she needs a lift me up and to do that, she prefers a little deli run by a very rude, American-hating French man. <laughs> Which I think we all know that rude. Yeah, we all know that one. For me, I know quite a few. <laughs> exactly, see? This one is name is Francois. Oh, Francois. Yeah, but she calls him Frank just to annoy him. 
Which I also love the dynamic between the two. She likes to annoy him on purpose. It it seems like a love hate thing. Like she obviously gets irritated by this man, but he gives her the candy bar, so yeah, <laughs> can't hate him too much. Candy bars. <laughs> and she does visit him regularly and likes to see what scheme he thought of to try and rob her of her credits, which is in two thousand fifty eight is money credits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, money doesn't like exist in the way that we know it. Yeah, just credit. And as she walks into the deli, all hell just breaks loose. Yeah, she sees a man standing at the counter and she notices that something's wrong. Yes, yeah, a huge 6'5 man standing in front of the cu- counter. And her instincts, which I thought was just incredible, her in- instincts immediately kicked in. So she knew something was wrong just by seeing the man and the face expression of Frank looking back at the man. The man turned to her and she saw a multiracial heritage eyes of a very desperate man with a homemade explosive. Yeah. So that I think that's the reason she didn't draw her gun was because she saw the explosive device. And I wonder if if it's like I don't know if it's called like a, a pressure trigger or a, I think it's called a dead man switch like when you let go of the explosive it blows up. If you get what I mean? Yeah, I get what you mean. That Cuz while she would have just shot him, right? Well, the she didn't pull her gun because I as I understand it she saw how unstable he was and she mentioned that people who are this unstable with a homemade explosive usually just don't care and they'll blow everyone up so she tried to sort of play it cool that she has um, children or don't you know yeah, pull on the heartstrings or whatever's left. Pull on the heartstrings and everything. And she shot Frank a, a warning look so that he doesn't give away her job. Yeah, you don't need him becoming even more desperate. And even though before she described um, Frank as, I thought he was a bit, you know those dumb, rude people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got that kind of expression from him, that he was rude and he was, you know, not very bright man. He was not with it kind of thing, yeah. Yes. But it turns out Frank is is not an idiot. He didn't give Eve away. Mm. He clearly got the look in her eyes, although he did have an explosive held up to his face, so... Yeah, but he knew something's going to work out right now because Eve's there. And the thief, uh, while they're having their eye contact conversation... He notices a security camera and realizes that, you know, no amount of robbed money here will be able to erase his face from the database, basically. Yeah, you can't pay Google to get rid of your identity. (sighs) So there's only one thing he was left with. So he tries to run, Eve being a badass. They get into a fight. She gets hit in the face really badly. They trash the whole place. They're throwing punches. She's trying to... Um, trip him, they break the candy bar, vending machine, it's all over the place. Explosive then is dropped, Eve catches it, like a true hero, all while being, you know, seeing stars, trying to get this man to stop running, handling the uh, explosive. She yells at Frank to hit the alarm (laughs) and to call for backup. Yeah, this man is just Standing there, doing nothing. Nothing. He is watching Eve getting pummeled by this guy, holding an explosive, and he's just there, like a deer in headlights. <laughs> she'll be fine, she'll be fine, yeah. 
She probably has a concussion, but it's all good. Can you imagine just standing there casually like, ah, oh, it's fine. She'll be fine. Just It's just her face. It's cool. <laughs> you know, casual. But then he does sound the alarm and Eve does notice that cops come in and she's screaming, book him. You know, he's got an explosive. They bring in a box. That cop couldn't get out of that store fast enough, though. As soon as they saw the explosive, he was like, um... I just, I gotta go. There's something, like the way my life is set up, I'm not about to die. <laughs> I'm out. I'm not about this life. But they did bring a safe box and she disposes of the bomb. And this is where that mood comes in. All she wants is What's a candy, candy bar. bar. You know, well, that's all she asked for. She didn't have time to ask for it, but that's all she wanted. She takes one from the floor that was flattened by the whole fight and walks out with Frank yelling at her that she didn't uh-huh. pay for that. Can you, like, oh, it's just like, fuck off, Frank. <laughs> fuck off, not today. <laughs> so she does get her candy bar. She also has a massive bruise now on the side of her face and she has to go and see rock like now and her day isn't finished yet she's going into a house of the main suspect to see his gun collection which i have so many issues right if you're walking into a trap this is like the first red signal like if 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 your main suspect has guns the and you're going there alone there's like well yes that but let's paint the whole picture okay this man he's incredibly wealthy incredibly influential our top main security wizard can't penetrate his security system and she's going there alone to see his massive gun collection if she gets killed there i mean she had it coming right no one will be able to prove that she well probably prove that she went in but what happened to her afterwards, no one. And Rourke, with his, the amount of wealth and influence that he has, will probably be able to get away with it. Which is terrible, but probably. I would not feel bad. So far, this is we know what we know. And she goes. She goes. <laughs> she did, yeah. Yeah, so that's another thing about Eve. She's very determined when she gets a case she really puts herself beyond any expectation to find the right killer yeah and make it just yeah some part of me thinks that she's just given up like she's so desperate to catch this killer she doesn't give a crap about her own safety yes absolutely she she really doesn't care about her health when it comes to her job because i think all her life and herself is a job yeah, even if it's at a detriment to herself and her health. Yeah, she like police work to her is her life, because you don't you don't really hear anything else apart from like Mavis so far, that she does anything else. Yeah, so far all all we know is that she just works and her life is her job. So Rourke's house is in the middle of the Central Park. So fancy, fancy pantsy house. Four stories high. It's so fancy. It's life goals. And what I found interesting that she points out that it's that it's made of real stone. Yeah, I wonder what the houses are made out of over there, like in the book. Mm. I don't know. Maybe like cement. I mean, <sighs> to to be fair, like I don't know, because do you count like houses could still be made out of bricks, but I think even now, if some house is made out of like stone, I think that's quite. Amazing. Yeah, it's true. It's like a castle. Oh yeah. Well, I don't think he lives in a castle, but it is made out of real stone. Yeah. He he programmed his security entrance gate to allow her to come in. Which she found very amusing. 
although probably a little bit annoying. Yes. Yeah, so this made her feel both amused and uneasy. So this is the this is the first time where she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> this might be... <laughs> <laughs> this might be a trap. This might be a bad idea. That his house is very old-fashioned, so there's no holograms or living sculptures, which, how creepy is that to have a living sculpture in your yeah no that's that's weird a living sculpture just imagine it right so this living sculpture moves does it walk around your house and at what time because like if i'm gonna get a drink of water at 2 a.m i don't want to see this thing walking down the hallway exactly so i i'm very surprised that that's a thing yeah but for someone who's so into tech not having like holograms or anything is it's, it's odd. He's very old-fashioned. Yeah. So he really likes this uh, traditional sort of thing. Yeah, he likes tobacco. And he has a butler. He does. This is where we meet Somerset. And Somerset, you don't know much about Somerset from this initial like meat. He seems like he's always near Rourke, even if you can't see him. That's the impression I got. Um, but then we hear more about him later on. He's like a shadow. Yeah, I mean, even at the end of the, their meeting here, they say like, he's in the shadows somewhere. Yeah, even Rourke points out that he knows that Somerset will appear from, from the shadows to escort Eve back to her car, which is terrifying and kind of cool to have a butler like that, but terrifying to meet a butler like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's cool to have have a butler like that it is not cool to meet one that is fucking creepy i don't want i don't ever want to meet someone like that <laughs> <laughs> so summer said i imagine him being very skinny dry sturdy man with very high expectations of guests that come through the house so he's very the way he looks at eve was like the receptionist at paradise looked at eve yeah he sees her as something like the cat dragged in but like what the cat dragged in the thing that came out of that. That is what, <laughs> he's very much, he reminds me of like Alfred from Batman, but then on the same status as someone who is super popular. Well, I don't know, Alfred was very nice. <laughs> yeah, but like the, the kind of whole like, the poshness, because she said he sounded British. Yes, the poshness is there. But yeah, he definitely looks down on her like she's trash. Over. Definitely, and when <laughs> and when works ask him um, to bring them very old, expensive wine, Somerset literally looks horrified that he would waste it on her for a scruffy policewoman on a job. <laughs> yeah. So initial uh, thoughts is Somerset does not like, but he just he thinks that she's there just to investigate him. So he probably already doesn't like her for that reason. Yeah. Like, you're investigating my boss. Yeah, he's on the fence. Mm-hmm. Definitely. As soon as Somerset leaves, things get touchy. They do. Rourke caresses her cheek because he doesn't like the bruise on it. Yeah, he seemed very angry that someone hit her. Yes, and Eve being very... I think it's charming. She doesn't let that, you know, she doesn't go sappy or anything. She just says that someone went in between Candy Bar and her and she won. Yeah, she said don't get in between me and food and he said noted for the future. Noted. Which is also a mood. Y yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't come between us and food. Or us and coffee even. Which is what I'm telling you. Chapter 5 is just my favourite one. Chapter 5 reveals a lot, to be fair. But Eve in this chapter is truly just the best mood ever. Then they have a pleasant dinner. So he arranged the dinner and they eat real steak. They do, and she was, yeah, the whole real food comes up quite often. Like, what is she eating normally? 
Does she eat like toast? We don't know what she eats. I don't know what she eats. No, she eats food, but we do know that it's not real. So then what was the Chinese? So I think it, the food has taste, but it's not the best taste. So the way I imagine it, there's real steak and then there's, you know, vegan steak, like soy steak. Yeah. Oh, so you imagine like the fake food or the synthetic food is like soy. Well, sort of. So. I the closest to what I can imagine is that. Yeah, I don't know quite what the food situation is like because is it synthetic food with some kind of flavoring but it has all the same nutrients or does it even not have the same nutrients? That's what I, yeah, that's what I wanted to know. Like, are they getting nutrition or is it? Because it could be that people who earn under a certain salary, they have to eat it might not be the best thing for them, but at least it's sustaining their life somewhat. And if you have certain wealth, then you can have nutritional food. But at the moment, it sounds like only Rourke is able to afford this. Yeah, and Paradise. But I think he owns Paradise, no? Does he? I think so. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. He owns pretty much everything. So then they eat dinner. They do. Eve tries to tell Rourke that this is not a social call, and Rourke ignores her <laughs> while it... Yeah, he ignores her flat out. Doesn't want to be touched, ignores her. Doesn't want to eat, ignores her. Drink, ignores her. Which I, uh, I don't quite like that about him, but I think this is where... I think it's charming. I think because she's obviously tired, she hasn't eaten. Yeah, you know what? I think in this particular situation, it's what's best for the both of them. <laughs> Definitely. But he did plan it before he knew that she was in a fight for a candy bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she didn't know that she was in a fight. But she, he just enjoys watching her eat. And she enjoys eating. Mood. <laughs> he, yeah, exactly. He also wonders when he can eat her. Yeah. And that was like a kind of a shock straight out. Like he does not take this investigation very seriously. He is solely entertaining her to try and get her into bed. Yeah, which is both concerning, but also perhaps is a hint that he is not the killer because he's so relaxed about it. So I thought that too, but I think like the way that he... Or he wants to get her into bed to kill her. Yeah, uh, or it's a distraction from like what he's done. Like he might not kill her, but if he can get her to like him, mm. she'll be less likely to prosecute him kind of thing. That is a good point. But then they do end up making out and he just grabs her. No, wait, not yet. Where are you? What's next? Yeah, so while they're having dinner, so after after the thought that he wants to eat her, they continue having dinner. This is where this sort of dynamic starts happening, where Rourke is a very smart man, so he suggests different scenarios of how and why he would have killed the woman if he was the killer. Which, here is the thing, if I, I had a question here, does this make him super smart or super stupid? I think both. Although I don't know, because if he is super smart, then he knows that he's basically incriminating himself. Not incriminating because he did something wrong, but in the sense that he would know how to do it. Yes, or he's this sure of his master plan that he there's no way that, that he could be caught. And then he also defends himself by saying that he sees a problem with the idea of him being the killer because he doesn't like brutalizing women in any form. That was a big question I had as well. And points to Eve's bruised face again. But then he said it was quite old fashioned. So do people in their day and age not really mind brutalizing each other? Like it seems quite odd that he pointed it out. Oh yeah, well that's the thing. 
Sharon, do you remember when Eve went to see Charles, the neighbour, the elevator handsy man? (laughs) Yes, the elevator handsy man, as we named him. He pointed out that Sharon didn't mind violence. So I think in some way that sort of seeps into people's lives. Mm. Okay. I don't know. Um, they flirt in a which I found very tasteful and witty. So if you are not reading the books, I I would highly suggest the yeah. conversation there is top notch. <laughs> it's very well written. It is yeah. Oh, I made a note, and I had to point to you for one second. It's a very long note, but at this point I found it a bit of a shame that we can't quite the writer doesn't explore the inner term turmoil within the two because it seems like it's such a natural transition from them mind you these people know each other for second day yeah two days yeah and they already have this very natural i think it's quite lustful like it it did flow very nicely but then but it's so quick mm. that it it just doesn't seem quite real especially with the way that eve acts and the way that Rourke acts they don't the writer doesn't quite write about the inner turmoil of why they're feeling that way there is a few hints but usually it's Rourke saying i don't know why i feel about this but she's amazing yeah and eve just sort of goes along with it yeah there's no indication that she felt the same way i think she knows that he's attractive and she she's like acknowledged that but she never thought like oh he's beautiful i want to you know lap him up yeah or like oh i i i like him or he seems like a wonderful human being i don't know anything really yeah it's very neutral so it flowed nicely but it didn't from the perspective of like Eve. they also have a point she made a point that he owns her apartment complex and he just said yeah i expected you to know that yes and then she <laughs> i like that how she just hits him with a maintenance problem like mid flirt like you need to sort this out <laughs> sort out my hot water problem please because i can't have it for more than 10 minutes like hold on how long are you showering for <laughs> how long do you shower for 10 minutes is nothing i suppose i'm not a woman though. i don't have like long hair oh i do now thanks quarantine then then they go finally they go to check out the gun collection which is what she's been there for for the whole time and it turns out that it's a weapon museum. Yeah, I don't think she expected the scale. And to be fair, nor did I. Like, this man doesn't just have, like, a couple of guns or one or two things. He has like, a whole room of weapons. Not guns. He's got a mace, which was, I think it was described as a ball with spikes sticking out of it, hangling, dangling from a... Yeah, it's like a stick. Yeah, like a stick. He's got armor from... Medieval times. Medieval times, that's it. And he's just got... And then he's got a whole, like, wall of guns. (laughs) Education coming through. (laughs) (laughs) History lessons, remembering. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so he's got a whole room of weapons, and she thought he must have, like, two or three guns. No. So Eve doesn't get it, doesn't get the whole attraction to this kind of weaponry. Rourke has been collecting them for 16 years, starting with the one that was pointed at his head. And he didn't mean to tell her that, but he did. So that's how one of his businesses was born. Someone was, he was, I think, transporting cargo that was not meant to be transported, obviously. Um, And the person didn't want to pay the fee. 
thought they could kill Rourke, who I think was only a kid at the time by the way it sounded like it was written. It didn't sound like he was grown. Yeah, I think he was in his very early 20s. Yeah. I would imagine him being maybe 19, 20. Like early adult kind of thing. But then he said at the end of that, that at the end of that situation where the guy was pointing a gun at his head, Rourke left with the fee that was due to be paid. He left with the cargo and with the gun. So did he kill him? Well, no, I don't think so, but he did mention that um, the person who was pointing the gun at his head was too busy um, being worried about Rourke's foot in his junk. So he just incapacitated him? <laughs> yes, yeah, so I think... <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a very old-fashioned way of getting someone off you, but hey, it's effective. So. I mean, Ireland, right? <laughs> okay, so he didn't kill him. Yeah, I don't think they got to the killing quite there yet, but... I think something happened. Eve then takes uh, the gun to be analysed. And some ammunition. So he doesn't just have the guns, he has the bullets as well. This man is not helping himself. Or he's very sure he did not. Yeah. But I think the point that she makes there is that no one knows that the killer has left the gun at the scene. So Roar giving her the gun that was used at the crime... Seems a bit suspicious. Like, how did he know? Well, no, it... The, the, the other way around. So he has the gun in his collection that was left at the murder scene that they've collected. So would that then mean he didn't do it because he still has his gun and he doesn't know that the killer leaves the gun at the scene of crime? Oh, you raise a good point. Yeah, because if they've already taken the gun, then why the hell do they want his? But also when he pointed to the gun, he pointed to a different gun and Eve reached out for the wrong one. So she reached out for the one that she knew was the weapon of choice, but he, that's not the one that he said. Oh, but I thought Eve just didn't know which one to take and he, she misunderstood which... No, he was watching her as it happened. I think he knew that it was the wrong gun. Ah, interesting. Yeah, but then again, like, as you said, they've got the weapon so oh i thought eve was just ignorant about guns so they had that weird moment where he pointed the wrong gun right gun and she misunderstood him and went to the wrong one because she doesn't know anything about guns and then she went to go to the wrong one ah this is interesting oh i don't know which one it is i see that we've got two different views on this one listeners vote which one is right <laughs> comments whatever anywhere just let us know which one you think yes you can follow us on instagram and twitter at series pod this is gonna be fun yeah we'll upload a picture and ask the question which one do you think i think they just had an awkward moment because eve doesn't know anything about guns and i think Rourke knew exactly what he was doing i think he purposely said a gun and she grabbed the other one so things get very steamy very quickly because he just full-on kisses her very passionately out of nowhere yeah she's enjoying it yeah and she just takes it like listen lady you're meant to be there for a job don't be falling for your number one suspect well she does stop because you know she remembers that she's a cop and that he's a suspect for murder not anything for murder <laughs> which i think she keeps forgetting for some unknown reason mm. Mm, forget it. Which annoys me so much. He got very handsy though. Yeah, but, and he also loses his cool. And I think they're both shocked by that. Him as well. That he, I think this is the first time he realises how much he 
wants her that even he lost his cool because I don't think that's very usual for him. No, he seems like a very like cool, composed. He'd make like a great poker player. Mm-hmm. But then for some reason around her, maybe it's because she's attractive to him or because she, he doesn't want her investigating him anymore. Oh yes, perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. I'm still, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not gonna give anything away. <laughs> I know you're undecided. I'm like, nah, he's definitely a killer. <laughs> then after she stops and he has this outbreak, she gets a call on her communicator saying that there was another death, which is Lola Star that we talked about previously. Uh, she leaves Rourke with... Blue balls. Blue balls <laughs> and a, a button of a grey suit in his pocket. Yeah, he was playing with something in his pocket the whole time and it's a bloody button. It's a button and that she lost. To me... You always hear that serial killers keep tokens. This is why I'm like, he has to be the guy. Because he's got a gun collection, he's got ammo. She's investigating him, so that's motive. And he keeps a token. Like, no. I think she's number three. Oh, but then he would keep the token. Wouldn't we hear about tokens of the previous two women? I wonder if something that's later uncovered. Maybe. I mean, you never know. I guess we'll read and find out. Maybe, yeah. So it's just... Rourke and a button in a weapon museum in his house. And that's how we leave chapter five. It was a good chapter. It was a good, like, it showed us a whole world. <laughs> I love chapter five. Eve, who, who is just the mood, with a candy bar, a boss lady. We get some action with Rourke. We get more information on the guns and his his past life of how he became this rich only a glimpse not not too much yes i think it was a very well not too much yes but i think it was a very good chapter i like chapter five chapter five was good i will agree with you there we begin chapter six with eve getting to the scene of the crime where lola star is dead she is understandably upset while seeing the body of a kid and she also notices that a teddy bear near the body is holding a gun and she gets really upset by that it just reaffirms that that like the kid she was a kid basically yeah i think the whole of chapter six was pretty much just going through the details that we have already that we read in chapter four like from the perspective but then she met like the, the other officer she spoke about you know the, the teddy bear holding the gun um, yeah, we just get through sort of the rundown of the scene that we had a glimpse into. So they just collect all the evidence. She gets upset that it's a very young girl being killed. And there's also a note that says two of six, which is one a week. So, you know, there's definitely going to be another murder next week. Then we fast forward to Eve in her office. It's now 7 a.m. She's exhausted, she's pale, she's tired, she's very jittery on this false, the bad caffeine that they have at their police station. She spent the whole night searching through databases to find any link between Sharon the Blast and Lola Star, and she found nothing. Yeah, it's, it's also, it seems sort of random. Yeah, so absolutely random. The two women have nothing in common. After they, Finney also tells her about what gun was used. 
and she goes back to work because that's the only person she knows so far who has a very extensive gun collection. This time she goes to his office, not his house, his office. And this is the first time we see Eve being self-conscious about the way she looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she noticed that I think the assistant or something was really well dressed. Yes, the PA was very well put together. She even mentioned that maybe it was time to get a haircut done by a professional rather than cutting it herself. Hacking at it herself, yeah. <laughs> that really put images in my head. Just like some shears. I just imagine in a few weeks you're going to be doing that nah, to yourself. Never, 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 never. I could never cut my own hair. My cousin tried to cut her own hair once and that was horrific enough that I will not be doing that. <laughs> so she goes up a secret door, secret elevator to Rourke's office, which is at the top floor. And she, she notes that he would like accept nothing less than the top to be at the top of everything. And his office was not what I expected. It had a bath in it. It had a bath in it? Yeah. Let me see if I can find the exact page. Mm-hmm. Where is the bath? I know a red bath somewhere. <laughs> I don't think his office has a bath. Let me find it. <laughs> yeah, so here it is. It's as big as a heliport, yep. It's got an automated bar at an oversized wall screen, so I assume one wall is quite literally just a screen. There is a whirl tub and a drying pool. Yeah, so he quite literally has a full bath in his office but there's no walls separating it oh wow okay fair enough i mean if, if he works but there's no there's no walls so what if his assistant just walks in like hi yeah i'm just in the bath it's cool well he probably closes the door that what door because she goes on to say how do you work with all this space to his office Oh, but I thought the space was that it was a very spacious place and then all the windows are like it's an are floor to ceiling. Okay, maybe. So you think there is a separation. Anyway, it's not super important. It was just quirky, No, but that's I weird. Think. Can you imagine coming going into an office and seeing a bath there while you're having a meeting? She questions Rourke about his alibi and gets upset when he doesn't have a solid enough one. So this was... Yes. This was the first time we sort of get the inner inner feelings that Eve has for Rourke because she really feeds him sort of what she wants him to answer so that she so that she knows that he has a solid alibi and she she wants him to be innocent. And she gets upset when there isn't one. She also questions if he knows Lola by showing him a picture of her. He denies, yes, and gets very frustrated by the fact that he can see how exhausted Eve is and yet Eve is being very professional and wouldn't sit down. Yeah. She yeah, she's being well, I don't know if she's being professional. I think she's being defiant after her little slip up where she made out with the number one suspect. She has reeled herself in. Yeah, completely. Really focused <laughs> so that she wouldn't show any unprofessionalism at all. She's very she's in a cop mood. So he pushes her into a chair because he's that frustrated that she wouldn't sit down. That spills out all the less flattering pictures of Lola, so from the crime scene, and he picks them up and looks at them and he's absolutely appalled by what he's being accused of. Yeah, he doesn't retro anything, he's just like disgusted that someone could do this. Yeah, and he questions Eve 
if she thinks that he's really capable of doing that. And she says no, but it's not up to my opinion. And he questions her again, like, do you think I could do this? And she says no. Yeah, so she doesn't think so. Which is also, this is also a hint to me that Rourke might not be the killer, but someone is trying to set him up. Yeah, but then... I don't know why she keeps going back to them for the guns, you know? Like, I, I could see how someone would set him up, but then they'd have to take his gun. If his gun was missing, sure. But maybe she that's why she keeps going back to him to see if one of the guns is missing or not. Mm. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Because I just think she doesn't have any other strings to pull. So she just goes to what she already has and, see, and tries to see where that leads her. Yeah, I suppose if you tug on one string, it might lead to another kind of thing he also says that he knows she misses she missed her testing which uh, he knows too much yeah he has too many connections to everything yes and she gets mad and she tells him you know basically fuck off leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> with him and his connections of how he knows that she missed her testing but he he really he went and pulled strings to get their information i don't know if that's flattering or this bit actually this bit pointed out something so if we remember now that he knows she didn't have testing done because later on the testing comes up again and i i'm curious whether this has something to do with it so yeah he knows he knows she didn't get tested he doesn't know about what happened in the previous case no one knows yet well no the the station knows but i don't think they've given out that information then he offers help with the case and eve gets very suspicious but very intrigued because on one hand she understands this is a very smart man who can get quite a bit of information but on the other hand he is still the main suspect and also she can't use civilians and information that she got sort of unofficially in her investigation but she still says like you can get the information as long as i can tug on it so i can find like i can build a case exactly and once again he's left alone fingering the button such a creep (laughs) (laughs) with a button fetish and that's how chapter six finishes so the end of our second episode Woo! hope you guys enjoyed it it's so good we hope you enjoyed this episode this episode is available at SeriesPod on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes Podcast, Spotify, and Google Podcast. And for those of you who like the creme de la creme of audio platforms rather than mainstream ones, we also are available on Podcast Addict and our website, link to which you can find on our Instagram. Speaking of Instagram, uh, for updates and fun content, you can follow us there. And if you have a personal favorite audio platform and we're not on it, do tell us and I will do my best to get our podcast there. And before we go, a very special thank you to our Patreons for supporting us. If you want to support us too, you can go to patreon.com slash seriespod. And in return, we post the podcast there early, as well as include some fun outtakes. Thank you for joining us. Bye! Bye. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha